0: Hello everyone, this is Kelly Beard of KarmicTools.com and I'm so excited for our Venus Circle tonight because it's the first one out of Capricorn, (laughs) so I think we should have a party. But for right now, let's do a little breath work and anchor the circle. It is Aquarius and we are releasing from the creative center, the sacral chakra, so let's spend a little extra energy and time on that tonight, keeping a little eye out for the feels. Of what comes up what feels like truth for you what feels like you're ready to release or integrate which is something lydia and i were talking about before we started the recording sometimes we just need to integrate certain things so that they can serve us better
1: so everyone relax
0: into your space we're going to release the day and the world for one hour that's not too much to ask we might go an extra 10 minutes at the most if we having fun take a deep breath making that connection above below and at the heart And then we'll start at the root chakra and work our way up. Deep breath in. And hold and release. Just making that initial connection. Releasing everything else. Focusing at your root chakra. This, of course, is associated with your survival and new beginnings, roots and grounding. It's also associated with the element of earth. I want you to picture a beautiful red crystal or a red flower or whatever you like in the color of red spinning counterclockwise to the left infused with light from within and take a deep breath in making that connection to your own root deep breath in and hold and release and spiral up to your sacral chakra this is your creative center right around your belly button. This one's associated with empathy and change and polarities, your emotions and sexuality, and the element of water. So here I want you to picture a beautiful orange crystal or flower infused with light from within, spinning clockwise to the right, and take a deep cleansing breath in right at that creative center, feeling the flow. Deep breath in. And hold and release. And spiral up to your solar plexus, your power center, above the belly button, below the heart. This is associated with your personal power, will, and self-esteem, your autonomy, energy, and metabolism, and the element of fire. So here I want you to picture your favorite shade of yellow. I picture a beautiful citrine crystal infused with light from within, spinning counterclockwise to the left, and take a deep cleansing breath in, making that connection to your own power center. Deep breath in. And hold and release. And spiral up to the heart chakra. Of course, this connects above and below. So we always want this open and receptive and spinning and alive and well, because it allows us to flow much better when above and below can communicate through the heart. This of course is associated with love, but balance and breath, relationship, healing and unity. It's also associated with the element of air. So here I want you to picture an emerald green crystal or your favorite shade of green infused with light from within Spinning clockwise to the right, take a deep cleansing breath in at the heart, feeling that expansion, breathing as if you're breathing through and from your heart. Deep breath in. And hold and release. And come on up into the throat chakra. This is associated with your voice and communication, creativity, vibration, mantras are very important. So it's associated with the element of sound. Here I want you to picture a light blue crystal or your favorite shade of light blue. Infused with light from within and spinning counterclockwise to the left, connect to your own authentic voice and take a deep cleansing breath in. Deep breath in. And hold and release. Come on up to your third eye, right in the center of your forehead. This is, of course, associated with your clairvoyance and intuition, imagination, your vision, and clear seeing. So it's associated with the element of light. Here, I want you to picture an indigo, which is a dark blue crystal. Think of the midnight sky infused with starlight spinning clockwise to the right. And take a deep breath in, connecting to your own imagination and third eye. Deep breath in. And hold and release. And come on up to the crown chakra, right above your head, associated with your knowledge, understanding, and consciousness. This one's associated with the element of thought. So here I want you to picture a beautiful amethyst crystal, your favorite shade of purple infused with light from within, spinning counterclockwise to the left and take a deep breath in, connecting to your crown and feeling that connection above, below, and at the heart. Deep breath in. And hold and release. Okay, welcome, welcome, everyone. We always start with a quick review. How's it been going with you all in the last month? Specifically, we have been through a process. So I am excited about moving past Capricorn, but we did touch base last month, and I kind of reminded you that we had the connection January 8th that was initiating this new cycle in our creative departments self-expression being a huge part of it and then the January 29th contact moved the big Capricorn stellium I mean there's just this huge group at that time it was three six seven in Capricorn and two in Aquarius all the fourth house so we know we did this deep clearing when we did the inner initiation around our own sacred space and how we take care of ourselves how we replenish and it's very personal And then the February 27th activation was the root chakra. So we know what we're pulling from the root has to all the whole stellium. Now it's gone from seven down to five is in the first house. So this meant identity and purpose and renewal of that and a clearing at the root of what is no longer us, you know what's no longer you at the root of it. These are levels of Capricorn just sort of peeling away, different roles and responsibilities like we've been talking about all along. These roles that no longer apply in our creative zone or in our home space zone or in our identity zone and now we're moving into Aquarius and everything's at the top of the chart in the 10th and 11th house which means it's our purpose and what we're known for in the world and our community and our hopes and dreams that we share with that community so this month we're doing a clearing in that which doesn't serve our reputation it doesn't serve our roles and responsibilities that we're choosing going forward We have to liberate ourselves from something. So last month we let go of old goals and aspirations and we purified any control issues or lack of integrity and now this month we're going to release the old vision and any resistance to change and we're going to purify an outgrown self-expression. Okay, deep breath. This is really big for everyone in some form or fashion wherever we are. So this month is about clearing any attachments to old relationships or creative projects. We're reviewing all our creations over the last 18 months to 8 years and letting go of anything that holds no more joy, vitality, magic, essence, or chi. If there's no life force in it, we got to let it go, clear it out of here. If there is any vitality left in certain creative projects, then this clearing will serve them like a pruning that allows a plant to grow better. Because this activation is in Aquarius, it is all about your unique contribution to the community, as well as your own individuality and freedom to be yourself within the context of any partnerships or collaborations. Okay, So there is this, like I said, a certain liberation. We're being cracked out of our shell in a way where we, we get to go to our own next level, whatever that is. It's customized for everyone. We have to look at where the flow has stagnated, where your nature has been stifled, and where you have limited your own vision because of dogmatic beliefs, limited thinking, or narrow-mindedness. Okay? Whether it's within you or around you, it can still slow us down. It's time to address the issue of being overly committed to the world or community to the neglect of self or family. Often we ignore others or neglect our own personal needs Because they are mundane and not deemed as vital or important as the life and death struggles of humanity, climate change, or any of the bigger issues, right? So you're going to always get from Kelly the individual perspective, and I'm going to always ask you to dial it back in to you. I feel like if the individuals get it together, the globe will be okay. And with Aquarius opposite Leo, it's about you and your authentic self and you and your unique contribution to the world. And here in Aquarius, it's about that unique contribution. So we're chipping away at anything that's blocking us from uh, making that offering. And I'm not even talking about going outside of your world to do it. This is just by being yourself and making your own life choices and honoring your own values and priorities. This month, we have the gambler as an archetype which asks you to see where you've grown complacent, forgotten your purpose, or lost the vision for your life. Often we take the easy familiar path, thinking that we will avoid trouble or find a shortcut, but all it ends up doing is delaying our good and making our lessons more painful and unnecessarily long. Look at where you have let your impatience get the best of you, especially when you really wanted something. This archetype reveals your inherent selfishness and narcissism because you fail to consider the consequences of your choices or lack thereof. Once in a while, a gamble will pay off, but you have to recognize that it wasn't your power, but more of a convergence of alignments that had to happen to make that possible in the first place. That's not an easy way to live. The shadow work of this archetype is to dig deeper for your own sense of commitment and dedication. OK, the gambler is all about taking chances, you know, kind of flying by the seat of their pants in a way. And that's fine. But we're in this clearing zone where if we can upgrade our roles and responsibilities specifically or physically the structure of our lives and the systems that run our lives, if we can get that together, then when we get to the reclamation side, which I think starts in sooner. Yeah, it's October, y'all. October 22nd. So 10, 22, 2022 is a pretty magical numbers: Zero ones and twos. So when we get to Reclamation by the end of this year, we'll be in a better position. And then if you continue to do the conscious work of reclaiming balance and a certain way of choosing our relationships and partnerships and collaborations, then the next go-round, which will be July, August 2023, when Venus lingers in Leo, we'll get to really dig into our creativity and do some fun things then. So it's kind of like every month builds on the previous So this month, we will reset the connection to our emotional body and the sacral chakra, the creative center, like I said earlier, clearing and releasing any blockages to natural flow, creativity, and your gut instincts. You cannot do the same old, same old routines or foods or practices and expect new and different results. You are creating deeper, stronger connections to your own natural rhythms and innate knowing, as well as expanding your consciousness with every step of the journey. Use this month to get creative around your release work. Revive some old ideas that still show promise. Clear anything blocking your heart from feeling joy, gratitude, and love. And release any saltwater tears to cleanse the past completely. Deep breath. Okay, this is powerful. Our question for the month is how can you release dogmatic beliefs, narrow-mindedness, or self-centeredness so that your creative potential can blossom? Okay, so what happens in Aquarius is we get a little crusty. This is where we lock in on certain things and we don't even think about changing them. And then it's also a zone that I've tracked really closely with Leo Aquarius, and they kind of go back and forth between this one, but I see it in both where this particular energy or let's say this area of life or if people have it activated very often, they want others to change before they will change. They know about it. They think about it. They want to do it. But they're like, no, you change first and then I'll change. That's not really how change happens. We have to do it ourselves and let the chips fall where they may. So this month, we're working on that detachment from certain things. Like if you're over-attached and you have strong Aquarius, that's an imbalance because typically Aquarius is detached. It's the Leo side that gets attached. So this is where we work on those attachments, attachments to our old identities. Like I said, what are we releasing? The old vision this month and the resistance to change. You know, sometimes we go along with a vision out of habit. I'm totally rethinking some things at the moment that I thought I had a lock on. What's happening is I'm evolving. And so the depth of my contribution is evolving. And the way it shapes up and the way it serves others is evolving. And so I'm just paying real close attention to that. Right now, we also need to check in with, let's see, making that connection between your creative center and your third eye is a big deal too. I want you all to practice with that as much as you can. Knowing that if you clear at this creative center, when we go to reclaim at the third eye, you can really have a bigger benefit, let's say. You'll be able to access a bigger vision, let's put it that way, if we do this clearing work now in a good way. So the release work goes deeper. We need to release old ideas and concepts of self. We need to really risk that disapproval versus self-respect and integrity you know there's this way that people go along to get along or get along to go along they want people to approve of them but then they lose their self-respect you know like i can't roll that way it's impossible for me but i've seen it i have relatives and i'm like that's a lot of work to me that's a lot of work and so I just go ahead and risk disapproval. I'm like, they just might like it, but here's the truth. Let's keep it moving. But we need to think about those and then tapping into your own unique creative genius. What's grown crusty around that? Where are you blocked? Where's the flow not flowing, right? Where's it gotten stagnant or toxic or just not flowing in general? The concept versus reality. See, what happens with Leo Aquarius is we have to work out our head and heart alignment. And with Aquarius, it's the head side. So it's very mental and always kind of thinking and processing and putting things together and also kind of thinking about the future. And so that's not a bad thing. This would be the time I would recommend that you take some time to meditate and go to your future self. So part of you that's 5 or 10 years older than you are right now and ask what she'd like you to do now to make life a little easier for her then. And I'm telling you, you'll get some really incredible answers. But when Leo Aquarius is kicking, we kind of go back and forth between that concept and reality, where it can mimic life but have no heart, or it can be too mechanical or too mental in the Aquarius department. So we always want to kind of catch ourselves if we're leaning in too much of one direction or the other. The resistance to change, denial, and rigidity is something, again, that happens in our fixed areas. So that's Leo Aquarius and Taurus Scorpio. And it's just where we really lock in and we build a certain foundation and and we don't question it. My philosophy is to use the cycles and the seasons. So the eight sacred seasons give me permission to keep it moving. I don't get stagnant because I know what time it is. It's a certain season and this is the activities that are supported for that. So I don't really resist change as much as I used to because now I sort of have permission to cover it all. At some season, it'll get covered and I don't worry about it. And now that's a lot easier and because I've also lived long enough to know that there's nothing new under the sun and anything we lose is replaced. You know, when I started traveling a lot at one point, I would walk out the door and I'd go, whatever I don't have, I don't need. Because, you know, on the old days you would travel, you always forgot something, you know, something, little thing, big thing, whatever. But after I started doing that prayer, before I walked out the door, I stopped forgetting things. I've never needed anything else on the road. It was great. This is also a good month to check out the negative DNA patterns that we have inside ourselves as individuals that kind of ties into the social collective things that are going on right now. You know, what's your piece to clear and release for humanity, for the community, for your family? A lot of us, certainly anyone on this call, if you're into Kelly stuff, you've been the one in your family called to do the ancestor work, to do the clearings, to do the healing so that these negative patterns are broken, right? I mean, my husband teases me all the time. He's like, you are the first person I've ever heard talk about I was born into this family to break these cycles because I was a complete anomaly in my whole family. I didn't look like anybody. I didn't think like anybody. You know, I didn't act like I didn't want the things they wanted. None of it made any sense to me. So it's interesting how we end up learning when you have such contrast going on. I learned a lot from them, and they learned a lot from me, that's for sure. And I'm a better person for it, right? I, I, have, I have more skill sets.
1: <laughs> Thank you, God.
0: Like I said earlier, that going along to get along thing, I don't play that. But if it's anywhere in you and it's blocking your flow in any kind of way, and when we're talking about flow in the creative center, my usual two cents is energetic flow, creative flow, and cash flow. These are the things that we work in our creative center for so that they're constantly flowing, working with that water element, checking in with your emotions. Again, are you too attached or too detached with certain things or people or circumstances? These extremes, whether we're over or under attached is is part of this month's work. And, you know, a lot of it also goes into being different, like kind of owning that piece of you that's different in a joyful, loving way. Like I have spent the bulk of my years defending my nature against people who I just rubbed the wrong way because they had issues. And honey, post-40, post-50, we got cured of that because now I realize it's not me. You know, I'm just being myself. I'm not stepping on any toes. I'm not disrespecting anybody. You got If they got sensitivity issues... That's their thing. I can't help that. So I've really grown to learn that my people respond and your people will too. Like, you know what card I used to get all the time in the medicine cards was the skunk because they're attracted to their own scent and their own people. You kind of recognize your own people and what connects you. You know, the whole world's trying to tell us why we're different, but there's lots of things that connect us. And so preview, January 23rd activation, like I said, is going to be the third eye. Oh, that's another reason this month is special. Okay, so you all, I've done this Venus work for years. I did it on my own from 99 to 07, and I've done it in class setting with this workbook since 07 till now, right? And very rarely do we get to release and reclaim in the same sign. And that's what's going to happen. We're going to release at the sacral chakra in Aquarius, and nine months from now, we're going to reclaim at the third eye in Aquarius again. So that's going to be super powerful for us to think about. And then, check it, we're releasing the gambler archetype, and we'll be reclaiming the alchemist. Very powerful shift, right? So if we get our creative center cleared, think what we could create as the alchemist with our imagination wide open, our third eye just popping. It's so powerful. And then our trap this month that we're going to get into shortly is about soul famine. So the soul famine keywords are giving up, over-emotional, unrealistic priorities, easily triggered ego, or in other words, we would say lack of ego strength, right? Lack of forethought, famine, hungry ghost. When we're hungry for something we can't identify and nothing satisfies, that's the hungry ghost complicity, oppression, stagnation, poor values, rigidity, excesses of all kinds, lack of connection to life, and disconnect from Earth's vitality. Okay, remember, Earth is a living, breathing being. Mother lives. And so when we know what we're going to be reclaiming, we're going to be reclaiming navigating in the dark. So once we clear this, We can really use our senses and our intuition. Everyone has the empath, the intuitive, and the psychic within them. It's just some people cultivate that strength, and those practices really help cultivate it like a muscle and make it stronger. So really take that into consideration in your release work, that you're clearing the creative zone so that you can imagine something greater. And then the council meeting is another powerful meeting. We already kind of went through this charts on how everything is leading to the next thing. So what I want to put on the table that's so unbelievable about this month as well is that Saturn's there at the exact degree, 21 degrees. We have Juno which is what we're deeply wedded to, our commitments, our partnership, how we do that, getting a total initiation. Mars is in Aquarius, not too far away, but I'm telling you the exact degree ones: 21 degrees Juno, 21 degrees Moon, 21 degrees Venus, 21 degrees Saturn. So those three feminine with Saturn. So that's a good thing. Because Saturn like I said is reworking our roles and responsibilities anyway in Aquarius. Now this is our micro individual way to get in on the action. And again, this reset is so gonna support us for thirty years to come. It can really support us for long term. Let's just put it that way. It has everything to do with what you decide to partner with going forward, whether it's, you know, your tools, like I consider my crystals partnerships and all my sacred tools. I'm in partnership with these things. I'm in partnership with the plant kingdom. I'm in partnership with the animal kingdom. So whatever we collaborate with going forward is part of this initiation and part of our base because Saturn really rules that base and foundation. So any clearing we can do, like I said, of crustiness, rigidity, negativity, or negative patterns from our DNA family, letting all that go this month is going to really help us create space for some deeper things. Now, what's also very telling is that here we have all this initiation energy going on in Aquarius into Pisces Aries. That's kind of the zone where everything is initiating, but we have zero Leo, which means we need to bring in the heart and the fire and the passion consciously. What do you care? About. You have to kind of ask yourself that question throughout the month. Taurus is in Uranus in the North Node. So we're also being challenged between Saturn and Uranus, the old and the new, the radical and the traditional. You know, we're really pushing against those edges of what aspects of tradition really serve us and where have we outgrown our containers in certain ways and need to liberate ourselves in another way. So Taurus is the body. The, the senses, our personal material security. So, we want to really get practical and on the ground with this. What are your needs versus your wants, kind of thing? And Scorpio in the south node means we're really releasing any kind of karma as well. These karmic decisions from the past, karmic relationships from the past, all of that is being released, released, released with the Taurus Scorpio eclipses. And it's resetting our connection to our own inner power. So it's critical that we do the release work so that we can channel our power in a clean way going forward. So how are we looking? We are good. That
1: is our general setup. Now we're going to get to the goodies,
0: the energetic support and the divinations. our trap that we're releasing. We're going to go narrow and deep with this one. You all know I love me some women who run with the wolves. And now I finally got to run with the wolves on March 4th. It was so exciting. There was a wolf sanctuary around here. That I'm dreaming about volunteering at. It was very exciting. But this trap is trap number three. It's called Burning the Treasure, Soul Famine. So everyone relax into your space. When we get to the divinations part like this, this is where you sort of hang back and open to receive the message that's just for you. There's a little kernel of truth in here for everybody. And at some level, we're all going through it. Ooh, deep breath. There's burning that goes with joy and there's burning that goes with annihilation. One is the fire of transformation. The other is the fire of decimation only. It is the fire of transformation that we want. But many women give up the red shoes and agree to become too cleaned up, too nice, too compliant with someone else's way of seeing the world. We give our joyful red shoes to the destructive fire when we digest values, various propagandas, And philosophies wholesale, psychological ones included, okay, where we don't question it, right? The red shoes are burned to ashes when we paint, act, write, do, or be in any way that causes our lives to be diminished, weakening our vision, breaking our spirit bone, deep breath. Then a woman's life is overcome by pallor, for she is hombre del alma, a starved soul. All she wants is her deep life back. All she wants are those handmade red shoes. The wild joy that these represent might have been burnt in the fire of disuse or the fire of devaluing one's own work. They may have been burnt in the flames of self-imposed silence. Too, too many women made a terrible vow years before they knew any better. As young women, they were starved of basic encouragement and support, and so filled with sorrow and resignation that they put down their pens, closed up their artwork, and vowed never to touch them again. A woman in such a condition has inadvertently entered into the oven along with the handmade life. Her life becomes ashes. A woman's life may die away in the fire of self-hatred, for complexes can bite hard and at least for a time, successful frighten her away from coming too near the work or the life that matters to her. Many years are spent not going, not moving, not learning, not finding out, not taking on, not becoming. The vision a woman has for her own life can also be decimated in the flames of someone else's jealousy or someone's plain out destructiveness toward her. Family, mentors, teachers, and friends are not supposed to be destructive if and when they feel envy, but some decidedly are, in both subtle and not-so-subtle ways. No woman can afford to let her creative life hang by a thread while she serves an antagonistic love relationship, parent, teacher, or friend. When the personal soul life is burnt to ashes, a woman loses the vital treasure and begins to act dry-boned as death. In her unconscious, the desire for the red shoes, a wild joy, not only continues, it swells and floods and eventually staggers to its feet and takes over, ferocious and famished. To be in a state of a starved soul is to be made relentlessly hungry. Then a woman burns with a hunger for anything that will make her feel alive again. A woman who has been captured, she knows no better and will take something, anything that seems familiar or similar to the original treasure, whether it's good or not. A woman who is starved for her real soul life may look cleaned up and combed on the outside, but on the inside she is filled with dozens of pleading hands and empty mouths. Deep breath. In this state, she will take any food regardless of its condition or its effect. For she is trying to make up for past losses. Yet, even though this is a terrible situation, the wild self will try over and over again to save us. It whispers, whimpers, calls, drags our fleshless carcasses around in our night dreams until we become conscious of our condition and take steps to reclaim the treasure. Deep breath. We can better understand the woman who dives into excesses the most common being drugs, alcohol, and bad love, and who is driven by soul hunger by noting the behavior of the starved and ravening animal. Like the starved soul, the wolf has been portrayed as vicious, ravenous, preying upon the innocent and the unguarded, killing just to kill, never knowing when enough is enough. As you can see, the wolf has a very bad and unearned fairy tale and real-life reputation. In actuality, wolves are dedicated social creatures. The entire pack is instinctively organized. So healthy wolves kill only what is needed for survival. Only when there is trauma to an individual wolf or to the pack does its normal pattern loosen or change. Deep breath. This happens to us too, y'all. There are two instances in which a wolf kills excessively. In both, the wolf is not well. A wolf may kill indiscriminately when it's ill with rabies or distemper, or it may kill excessively after a period of famine. The idea that famine can alter the behavior of creatures is quite a significant metaphor for the soul-starved woman. Nine times out of ten, a woman with a spiritual or psychological problem that causes her to fall into traps and be badly hurt is a woman who is currently being starved or who is being critically soul-starved or has been critically soul-starved in the past. Among wolves, famine occurs when snows are high and game is impossible to reach. Deer and caribou act as snow plows. Wolves follow their paths through the high snow. When the deer are stranded by high snowfalls, no plowing occurs. Then the wolves are stranded too. Famine ensues. For wolves, that most dangerous time for famine is winter. For a woman, A famine may occur at any time, and can come from anywhere, including her own culture. Deep breath. For the wolf, famine usually ends in springtime when the snows begin to melt. Following a famine, the pack may throw itself into a killing frenzy. Its members won't eat most of the game that they kill, and they won't cache it either. They leave it. They kill much more than they could ever eat, much more than they could ever need. A similar process occurs when a woman's been captured and starved, suddenly freed to go, to do, to be. She is in danger of going on a rampage of excesses, too, and feels very justified about it. The girl in the fairy tale, too, feels justified in gaining access to the poisonous red shoes at any cost. There is something about famine that causes judgment to be blighted. So when the treasure of a woman's most soulful life has been burned to ashes, Instead of being driven by anticipation, a woman is possessed by voraciousness. So for instance, if a woman was not permitted to sculpt, she may suddenly begin to sculpt day and night, lose sleep, deprive her innocent body of nutrition, impair her health, and who knows what else. Maybe she cannot stay awake a moment longer. Ah, reach for the drugs, for who knows how long she will be free. Deep breath. Soul famine is also about starvation of the soul's attributes, creativity, sensory awareness, and other instinctual gifts. If a woman is supposed to be a lady who sits with her knees kissing only each other, if she was raised to keel over at the presence of rough language, if she was never allowed anything to drink but pasteurized milk, then when she is freed, look out. (laughs) suddenly she may not be able to drink enough of those slow gin fizzes. She may sprawl like a drunken sailor, and her language would peel paint off the walls. After a famine, there is a fear that one will again be captured someday. So one gets while the getting is good. Overkill through excesses or excessive behaviors is acted out by women who are famished for a life that has meaning and makes sense for them. When a woman has gone without her own cycles or creative needs, for long periods of time, she begins a rampage of, you name it, all the common excesses. When women do this, they are compensating for the loss of regular cycles of self-expression, soul expression, and soul satiation. Okay, The soul needs to be satisfied, otherwise we experience that hungry ghost very often right so regular cycles of self-expression soul expression and soul satiation a starving woman endures famine after famine she may plan her escape yet believe that the cost of fleeing is too high that it will cost her too much libido too much energy she may be ill prepared in other ways too such as educationally economically or spiritually unfortunately the loss of treasure And the deep memory of famine may cause us to rationalize that excesses are desirable. And it is, of course, such a relief and a pleasure to finally be able to enjoy sensations, any sensation. A woman newly free from famine just wants to enjoy life for a change. Deep breath. Her dulled perceptions about the emotional, rational, physical, spiritual, and financial boundaries required for survival endanger her instead for her there is a pair of poisonous red shoes glowing out there somewhere she will take them where she finds them that is the trouble with famine if something looks like it will fill the yearning a woman will seize it no questions asked so deep breath here's where like i said where we just get so attached to one way of living of doing of expressing ourselves or whatever it is right we don't want to resist change Change is so fundamental, and it allows us to explore and experiment with other aspects of ourselves, and that activates that unique genius. So remember, with those feminine planets together, we got Juno, the planet of partnership. Then we got Venus and Mars, who have just started the new cycle in Aquarius, which means we are initiating our own sovereignty to operate in a more balanced way, right? Giving both our masculine and feminine sides something to do so that they're functional, right? And all of this is pouring into the new values and priorities that are possible and the new reality and purpose and roles and responsibilities that Saturn's been activating in Aquarius for the last year and a half. So, this is like our, like I said, it's kind of micro to macro where that's shifting the social levels and anyone personal that has Leo, Aquarius, and Taurus, Scorpio activated. The rest of us just have Aquarius somewhere where this evolution is taking place and it only happens every 30 years with Saturn. So that's our trap. We don't want to fall for that. Like I said, cutting off the soul, cutting off the essence of things and going for the superficial. That's just not where it's at. And so our tarot support comes from the ancestors, the ancestors spirit oracle cards. And this one is the Aztecs. Okay, this is why I love this deck, y'all. Every month we're getting some guidance from a different culture and their ancestors. So this one says connect with past loved ones. So this, I think, will also help us tap into any negative patterns that we've inherited or that we've carried along or that were kind of imposed on us by our conditioning or culture or community, right? So we can connect with the past loved ones to help us reconnect, to feel again, to sense again. So the culture is the Aztecs. They had a complex cosmology and a ritual calendar dedicated to their many deities. They held a strong belief in the afterlife and thought the way they died determined whether they would go up in spirit to the sun god or down to the dark underworld.
1: The underworld
0: was ruled by the god and goddess of the dead. As guardians of the afterlife, they oversaw festivals of the dead. Over time, that tradition evolved into the Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, which in modern-day Mexico is celebrated in the first and second days of November. During that time, the gates of the underworld open and spirits are allowed to reunite with their families. The living and the dead reconnect with family feasts, dancing, and celebrations. It is believed that keeping their deceased loved ones happy will bring good luck, wisdom, direction, love, and protection for the living family. Deep breath. Let's call all that in this month. We can call on our wise, healthy ancestors to guide our choices and decisions now that will help support the next seven generations. The ancestors speak. Pay attention to what you feel around you. As well as your five key physical senses, you have a sixth sense that connects you to the spiritual world. This card indicates that your sixth sense is strong. Your ancestors or loved ones in spirit are trying to get your attention. They are sending you signs that they are with you and love you very much. Watch for their signals and be open to connecting with them. The divine meaning says learn how to connect with your loved ones in spirit so they can bring guidance, personal confirmation, and encouragement in times of stress or trouble. You may sense your past loved ones when the hair on your arms rises or when you feel heat or cold in and around your body. You may also experience sensation in your stomach or a heightened need to be on alert. Deep breath. When this occurs, take a moment to ground, breathe deeply, clear your mind, and allow guidance to arise in your heart, mind, and feelings. Deep breath. That is our divine support. So, again, we're kind of reaching here, asking the ancestors to support our work And then with the Tarot, which was the vision quest Tarot, I got two of fire, which is will and sometimes associated with Mars and Aries. So that kind of will to start things, we're heading into spring, there's lots of initiatory energy going on. And at the same time, we're in a clearing mode, we're releasing at that sacral chakra, what no longer flows properly, what no longer feels creative and juicy and what we want to do. So the guidance, when I asked it to clarify, we got nine of fire, which is inner strength and moon and sad. So I think we have to kind of feel into the truth of things in order to make conscious decisions and choices going forward. But let's see. The key words for two of fire is will, dominance, control, confidence in one's power, clear focus, positive action. Mastery of a situation. The inner message says you do not need to manipulate anything in or outside of yourself. If you stay centered now, everything will turn out well. No self-control is necessary, just a loving connection to your real being. If you entrust yourself to its greater will, your conscious volition effortlessly moves and does what is needed at any given time. Deep breath. Outward Manifestation says positive events occur by themselves if you stay calm and collected now. When life force can flow without your willful interference, you are on the right track. Your present task is to find the goodwill that nature gave you and let it do the work that you used to take upon yourself. Deep breath. So again, there's this. Consciousness of what your choices and actions might be, but how much can you allow the universe to do some of the heavy lifting? Clarifying the inner strength, the key words for Nine of Fire. Breaking through, growth, courage, resolve, concentrated energy, hidden forces made conscious. Inner message says, Just as the seed sprouts green leaves out of nowhere, you can trust that your own hidden strengths will sprout. You know they exist within. All you need is a little more patience and faith in your inner growth process. The new power arising within you expands your comprehension of where you stand. So see how that would be good for channeling our will in a positive, effective way? Outward manifestation says a deepening trust in your own growth process allows you to become creative in a new, more fulfilling area. Thank you, God. Your energy is high enough to let you find better ways to express yourself and get things done. Enjoy these high times. Appreciate the clarity that this upsurge of energy brings to your perceptions. So there is an awakening going on as well. And when we look at you know, because we're in Aquarius, then we look at what rules it. That's Uranus. Where's Uranus? Uranus is in Taurus. Taurus takes us back to where we're awakening in our physical body, in our senses, in what we cultivate, in what we build with our own two hands. And how is that our piece of healing that we're doing? How is that our piece of the social collective realm that's evolving right now? Because if we're alive right now, we're contributing to the story of now. And it's so powerful to take these timeouts month by month. Don't forget, for those of you tracking your activation, to bring your one-sentence takeaways back. Because like I said, this is the first month that we're outside of the retrograde period. So here's where things start to roll in the cycle month by month. It's going to start evolving little by little. And we're going to release, release, release from the root up. And then we have this clean, clean slate to bring in through the crown chakra from our soul star chakra, which is the connection to our higher self. We're going to bring that new idea that we want in form by July, August of 23, coming back in. And we're reclaiming everything we need to be able to make that possible. And so this month is really powerful. It has a lot to do with our self-love and self-worth. I'm always going to remind you about that. Leo Aquarius and Taurus Scorpio are all four different aspects of our self-worth and self-value that come into play when they're activated. And Juno's only there every five years. Saturn's only there every 30 years. Mars is only there every two years, okay? Moon and Venus move around pretty quickly, but that's still going to be about annual and semi-annual. So this is an opportunity for us to really connect, like I said, to our unique genius and our healing capacity, whatever that may be, right? And so, everyone, let's go into journey. We're going to do a drum journey, maybe eight minutes or so. And let's ask about that. What is your unique contribution? What is your medicine that you bring that we would be missing if you don't offer it to the world? What is your unique contribution and your unique genius that is just beginning to awaken and strengthen and fortify now? And or you could be asking about what needs to be cleared so that all that can thrive and prosper and come to life in a healthy, full way, right? Or we could be asking our ancestors to come forward and give us the clues we need. You know, look at it from all these directions and start making your way to your happy place in nature. Call in your spirit guide, whoever that may be. You know I have Ruby Red Wolf. She stands at the portal between here and liminal space when we go into journey. Anywhere you are in pristine, healthy, whole, comfortable nature, no other humans, no other industry, only animals, plants, rocks, earth, your favorite temperature, your favorite setting, maybe trees, might be ocean, might be the mountains, and let's go in. Ask for that one little key that you need at this time.
1: your offerings of tobacco or cornmeal or shell
0: or a rock or a lock of hair if you don't have anything, make your way back to your portal, come on back into the room, say thank you, maybe write down what you want to remember, I have some kind of interesting messages about the ancestor work I'm embarking on, so that's kind of interesting, take a few notes and come on back. Anyone want to ask questions, I will open it up. Give me a second. Grabbing the phone. I'm super comfortable and super grateful. Thank you all for being here. I'm going to open it up so we can talk. But I just wanted to say a big, big heartfelt thank you for being here. So let's see.
1: As always, Kelly, this was an amazing step into um, the next round. Um, mm-hmm. Animal that came forward was the polar bear. Interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting because I do not like cold weather. This
0: polar bear came to meet me at the beach, so I thought that was. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I love it. Only I, you, sister girl, I love
1: it. You know, so Thank my you. body.
0: Yes. I had some interesting animals too. What was the next thing you said? You're kinda of breaking up. It
1: was just, it was breaking.
0: Just an nice, nice. I'm glad you stayed for the whole ride. <laughs> Very <laughs> anyone interesting. Have, uh, anyone else have an interesting animal? I had whale and salmon show up. Had some water energy. But also that's record keeping and getting back to the DNA and making a new start, fresh start for us. Lots of interesting things. So, all right, ladies, I think we're complete. Yes? Who's here? This is Leela.
1: Hey,
0: baby. Yes, Um, yes. Hey,
1: I just wanted to share Panther, Black Panther, came to me as usual, Mm -hmm. She put her paws on my shoulders and told me that I am shining my light in the world, I'm often thinking about what I'm not doing instead of what I really am doing. And mm-hmm. it was just a reminder to focus on what you are doing, not what you haven't done yet.
0: <laughs> totally. I'm with that one, too. That's a message for all of us. Thank you for sharing. And I love it.
1: I'd just like to to read something real quick to you that Please. I think re- reminds me of what you were talking about in the beginning. That A friend mm-hmm. of mine posted this today on Facebook. It says, note to self, you can't control how other people receive your energy. Anything you do or say gets filtered through the lens of whatever they are going through at the moment, which is not about you. Just keep doing your thing with as much integrity and love as possible. That's by Nansa Hoffman. I just thought, oh, that's exactly what you were talking about in the beginning. Yep. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I love it.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Okay. You're I awesome. love it. I call me
0: soon. We have to connect. Yes.
1: Yep.
0: All right. Anyone else? Lydia, who came for you? Who else is here? Is Isha here? Who's here? All right. Well, we're ten minutes after the hour, so I will let you all go. I was late on the East Coast, and like I said, I'm very grateful, ladies. And I will get this uh, replay uploaded and get the note out. A little bit later tonight, I'm going to break to eat. I've had a long day. All right, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Peace and love.